You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. Uh, so Sean just has a sinus infection. He's not, you know, nothing COVID related. He just didn't want to be here and be sickly and make people feel nervous or anything like that. But he's fine. He'll be back next week. Uh, you can pray for him. Certainly he's not feeling great, but he's, that, that's what's going on. Um, so I had kind of short notice in terms of getting ready for today. So I apologize for the, the way this is going to go ahead of time. Um, the, uh, so we've all heard uh, like the go get them, rile them up speeches at the, you know, either in a movie in real life, the, the kind of win one for the Gipper or remember the Alamo kind of thing. So uh, that, that's kind of something that, that played in my mind as I was reading this. So I've got a clip from a movie that would illustrate this for you. A little background on that clip. The person that's going to be speaking is a king who's returned from exile and, and he's been long awaited and now he's back. And he's leading his overwhelmed army into a, a battle that doesn't look good. They're, they're lot, a lot of them, few of us kind of thing, and he's trying to rally the troops. So, so that, that's what this is about. Go ahead and play it, guys. stuff, right? The let's go get them kind of thing. Uh, one of my favorite parts of that is the king's admission that, yeah, I'm afraid too. I see, the, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me, right? He, he's there with them, but he's not going to quit. And that, that's good stuff, right? That's the stuff that motivates people. So I've entitled this sermon today, Positive on Purpose. For those of you who know me, I'm sure that gives you a bit of a chuckle because I don't think optimism is the word that comes to mind when people think of me, generally speaking. So just saying, I understand that. But honestly, this is what God shouted at me when I was getting ready for this. It was very clear here uh, that, that that should be what I sh- how I should be and how I should think about it. So share that with you guys. So the passage is from 2 Corinthians 2 still. We're still there. Uh, the, the verses are 12 to 17. They'll be on the board for you. I'm going to read them for you. Read along with me, please, if you would. Um, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was open for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in a triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God word, God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Pray with me, please. Lord, we thank you that we have these words from you to encourage us, and we pray that as we hear them today, that you would move in our hearts to help us to understand how to love you more and serve you better. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So the first thing, I got a couple of observations out of this and then some things that can draw us to a conclusion. Uh, first thing I noticed was Paul's uneasy spirit. He, he said, uh, my, my spirit did not find rest. His reason was he had, he had expected his friend Titus to be at Troas, the place he was. Uh, Titus was one of his best friends in ministry, uh, long history together of, of serving and, and supporting each other, and he wasn't there. And Paul was trying to establish a church there to help it grow. And uh, so that made him uneasy. He was kind of sad and, and put out by that. Uh, this is the same guy who in a couple chapters we're going to hear him say this. This is from later in 2 Corinthians. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Ah, right, he's ready to go. This is the same guy that right now is saying, I feel bad because my friend's not there. Right? It's just a, a weird thing I see. He's, he's off his game um, because his buddy wasn't there. And I, that's one thing you can count on with Paul, is he's not afraid to share where he's at, which, to share his troubles, to share his failings and his flaws. Um, he, he talks about that very clearly. Um, I, I don't imagine Paul to be the kind of guy that when, when greeted with a, how you doing? Fine, if he wasn't feeling fine, right? He's gonna tell you what's going on. Um, so, and that's helpful, I think, for us to, to be able to, to learn how to be, to, to be that way, too. Um, Bible's pretty good overall about letting us see the weakness and the flaws of the people who we look at as heroes. Um, certainly Paul had all kinds of things that he shared. I, I think when I, when I think of that idea, I think of Elijah, the prophet back in the Old Testament in the book of Kings, 1 Kings. Uh, there's a story there of him winning a, a great battle. It's, like, it's a really cool. He just dominates the, the opposition. And the next thing we see from him is him running away into the desert, hiding and crying to God, woe is me, I'm the last one, please end my life. And, and so it, he was pretty much off his game too, right, from winning right away. So that, that unsettled spirit is not uh, unusual among God, God's people. Uh, you, you think of other people from, from uh, the past. You get, Moses certainly had days where he was not feeling great about things. David, the whole book of Psalms, we can read his struggles with that, right? Even Jesus in the video we just saw, very fitting. He was not happy about the whole situation at the end. He wanted to do something else if God would, God, can we do this a different way, right? The, the um, this is not cool, I don't like it feeling is not wrong, right? It's, it's actually part of the human condition. And we shouldn't uh, act as if it's wrong to be that way. It's real life. Um, so that, that's an observation I had out here is Paul was kind of put off by this situation. And that's, that's something we, we are too, lots of times, right? We need to, it's okay to be that way. It's just not okay to stay that way, right? That's the thing. So that, that's the, the thing I'm hoping you, you'll get to see out of this is that the, the feelings aren't bad. It's how we handle it. The next point I want to make is how Paul handled disappointment too, right? The, the disappointment is clear here in the, the scripture that, that Paul's writing. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand with that uneasy spirit, right? It's, it's all part of the same sentences, really. Uh, he was involved in something that was a good thing. He was there in Troas preaching the word. Um, he was sharing the gospel and it was working, right? He even um, references that God opened the door. He, he knew all that was a good thing. And yet, he was disappointed by the situation, and he walked away. He left. That's kind of awkward to, to look at that. I, I feel like it's awkward that things were working out with, with the gospel. It was, it was moving forward. Paul got a little disgruntled, and he left. He was disappointed. Um, it, it, it's kind of chilling to, to, for me to, to see that, that, that he would walk away in, that, in the middle of that. But you know what? What it tells me is that sometimes even good things don't work out the way we thought they would, right? And even if it works out in a good way, it wasn't like it failed what he was doing and then he left. He left it and 
for all we know, it continued to work. God was there. It wasn't Paul doing it. It was God, right? So we can count on that. But uh, that feeling of, oh, this isn't quite, you know, what I was thinking, and I'm kind of dissatisfied, so I'm going to move on, that happens too. And again, we can look at scripture, we can look at history and scripture for that as well. Uh, some of the same guys I'm going to reference, Moses. Think about Moses. Think about how disappointed he was to have to stand and look into the promised land instead of be able to go in. But it's what God did with him, right? And he, he didn't fuss about it. I just, I'm only imagining there his disappointment. It, it, obviously, it wasn't, uh, he, he spoke sadly about it, but it wasn't like he gave up and quit because of that. But he was disappointed in the middle of it. David, of course, as I referenced earlier in Psalms, we know all of his disappointments, but a couple of things come to mind about his life. You know, he was told he'd be king, and, you know, he it was going to do that. But what happened is his best friend Jonathan died, and Jonathan's dad, who was kind of mean to David, Saul, but still David respected him as a king, they died, and that's how David came in to, to be king. And, that, you know, see, he was disappointed in that mess, even though it was a good thing happening, right? It, it made him sad. And then, uh, at, more towards the end of David's life, um, he was distraught by his son Absalom dying. And you would say, well, why wouldn't he be distraught? Well, if you understand the whole story, Absalom, his own son, had deposed David as king, kicked him out of his throne, embarrassed him in front of everybody, humiliated him. And yet, David got back on the throne because Absalom was killed. And David was sad about that. Right? It, it distressed him. He was disappointed in the middle of good things working out for him that way. And that, that's... Not unusual in life, right? Things don't always work out perfectly the way we would think. So again, uh, I, I want to draw your attention to that idea of these feelings aren't off. They're, they're kind of normal the way we live. Uh, you know, I, 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 want, I need to mention something there too, though, the, the kind of idea of being disappointed by things happening, you know, not the way you thought. Sometimes that's because our expectations are off, right? Sometimes we have expectations up here and, and reality is down here, and then you're going to get disappointed then. That's not the situation here, I don't believe. Things were going well. Paul just didn't like the, the way it was. Um, when you're disappointed because your expectations are up here, that, that's not this situation. That, that's kind of your own making, right, when you, when you didn't understand what was going to happen. But here, Paul was just going about his normal life. Things seemed to be working out, but he just wasn't comfortable with it. And um, so bottom line here is even in good situations, we may not feel right about it. It may seem like, oh, this isn't good. Again, not wrong, just real. So where's the positivity to all this? You know, I've said this is positive, right? I haven't heard any positive yet there. Come on, what's going on? Um, that's why I entitled it Positive on Purpose. We gotta be positive even when we don't wanna be. And uh, that, that's, we gotta continue reading in this verse to see where that's coming from. I, I wanted to lay out the, the realities of what Paul was dealing with, and he makes an abrupt change. And I want us to see how we can actually take advantage of that abrupt change that he made and understand how we can change our minds in that way as well. So I want to read verses 14 to 16 again, um, because that's where Paul answers this question that I'm asking, where's the positivity? In verse 14, he says this, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Thanks be to God, he says here. He talks about how I'm not happy and this was not so good and I left, but thanks be to God. Where's that coming from, right? Well, the, what I saw here was Paul was saying, I'm thankful because I am, and, but I can expand that to us, we are, we are God's gift. Yeah, you heard me right, we are God's gift. Usually we talk about God's gift to us, stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you here, Paul's saying, 
I'm going to make it through this and be good about it because I'm God's gift. And that's usually a, a disparaging remark we say about people, right? Oh, he thinks he's God's gift to whatever. Okay, that's, I, I'm actually using a play on that on purpose because I want us to realize that as followers of Christ, we are God's gift, and I want to explain that. Um, if you look back in those verses, there's a couple things uh, that Paul says here that makes me understand the, the fact that God's doing what he's doing impacts the world, and we got to be part of that and be God's gift to them. Okay, uh, He says, first of all, that God leads us in a triumphal procession. That's not just fancy words. That's actually a statement from their culture. In the Roman world, a tri triumphal procession was the general returning from a battle that he won and being celebrated. It was a victory party. Okay, It was the picture the... Um, you know, after a championship, the riding down the streets and the confetti coming out kind of thing for whatever sports team that you follow, uh, the, that, that kind of thing. That's, that's what Paul's referring to. So it would, it would be like we had a, a victory parade. That, that's what Paul's saying. And in the middle of this old downcasting of the soul that Paul's so wretched and horrible, he's saying, no, I'm having a victory party. How are you doing that, right? He's, he's bringing that image of celebration and victory. And he follows it up with because, through us, God is spreading the fragrance of knowledge of him. And he's spreading it to two particular groups. And because of that, I want us to realize when we're having those issues and we cope with it well, we impact people. And when we impact people, we do them a good service and we're, we're serving God that way. And, and so that's what I want you to get out of this is, is how um, managing through those down feelings and looking at God for the, the solution there will impact people in ways you may not ever know. But boy, they impact people. Okay, So I want to break down those two groups he was talking about. He, he said we're... Uh, were that triumphal procession spreading the knowledge of God to two groups, to those being saved from life to life, and to those who are perishing from death to death. Okay, So I want to look at both of those. And, and his point here is, when we feel this way, when we have those uneasy spirit, disappointing moments, we, we need to grab a hold of the fact that God's leading us through this in a victory. And when we do that, we'll impact people this way. So to those who are... Uh, to those who are perishing, to those who are saved. God lost my place here. Okay. So we, we're impacting people, right? And in fact, we're told by James to count it all joys, count it all joy when we suffer trials of many kinds. That guy James is kind of annoying, if you want my opinion, right? That that's just that's tough to hear that. In, in the middle of trials, count it all joy. But that's actually kind of a, a linked passage to this idea that, that when it's hard, you gotta you gotta deal with it in a way that that brings God honor. So these two groups, the perishing. And uh, they're perishing because, uh, not because, we're, we're, we're able to minister to the perishing because we were dead and our sins are dead and they are dying and we can connect with them that way. Um, they need to know when times are hard and when things are bad that we serve a God who rescues the lost. We have a God who loves us and cares of us in the middle of those hard times and he's with us in that. If they don't know that, they've got no reason to come to him. In fact, it says... In, uh, I believe it's in Romans, God's kindness leads people to repentance. So when God loves on people and when we love on people and help them through hard times, that helps them to see the loving God that would take them out of the disaster their life is, whether it be the person who's got everything together they think but dying inside or the real disaster of life, people that are really messed up, all of that, God's there for them to take them out of that mess. And they need to know that from us. That's his way of sharing with them, is that we can be in a mess with them and helping them through it. Or we can be in a mess in ourselves and finding him helping us. Okay, So that idea of being a, a fragrance of God's knowledge to those who are dying, if we don't have that, um, 
that attitude of, of positive moving forward in hard times, we're, we're not being there for those people, being them be able to see who God is and who he, how he does things for us. Okay, so that, that's, that's an obligation we have. I mean, we're called Christ's ambassadors. Actually, it's again later in, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians here in a few chapters, we'll see God, Paul telling us we're God's ambassadors to the world. And we need to put on that, that, um, that and I don't say put on a face because I'm going to address that later, but we need to put on that attitude of God's with us in that. Okay, we, we don't want to be in that woe is me part too long. Are you going to be there? If you never have felt woe is me, you're not a normal human being. There's always something that, that can bring you down, right? But we can't stay there. And if we stay there, the lost won't know there's a way out. Okay, if we follow him, if we follow God in those times, people can follow us to God. That, that's kind of Paul's point here, is that we're, we're being led on a victory parade so people can see what God's done in our lives. And I want to flip that to the other side now. Just as important, you know, we're called an aroma of Christ to our saved brothers and sisters as well, the people who already are following Christ but may be struggling, and you're struggling with them. I tell you what, encouragement from inside of a trial is a huge boost to those who you struggle alongside. It, it, it cannot be overstated how much it matters when, when people encourage one another. Um, to me, that's the power of that King statement in that movie clip I showed you. He, he, said, he felt the same fear they did, but he wasn't going to quit. We, we may lose, but it is not this day. Today we fight. That kind of attitude goes a long way to get people to, to move forward. And I've felt it in my own life. I've, I've been able to do that for other people. It's a huge thing. We can't underestimate that. And honestly, that's one of the purposes God's, God has in keeping us around, right? One of the things I think about regularly is if, if uh, the end goal of this is to be with God forever and enjoy him in eternity, why is he leaving us here, right? I want to go. Let's be done with this. There must be a purpose for that, right? We know God doesn't act randomly. So we're here for each other in that sense. Right? We're here to encourage each other, to lift each other up. And this kind of situation, when everything's looking kind of like, yeah, and I don't want to deal with this anymore, the people that can say, yeah, I agree, but let's keep going, make a big difference. So that's, that's what Paul's charging us with here, is encouraging one another in that, in that time. And that's a pretty big task. So step up. This day we fight, right? Do that. Do that for each other. Um, so the, the last thing I want to wrap up with here, and I, I need to point out a flaw in my own logic, actually. That's great when people do that for you instead of you having to tell them. Um, as with all analogies, this movie clip that I've been showing you, it, it fails. All analogies fail. They never, they never last throughout all of the logic that you're going to do. The failure is, in that movie, the king was worried about losing. Our king doesn't worry about losing. We have victory in Jesus, right? It's an old song, but it's a good one. But the idea stands from the scripture through eternity. We have victory in him. Um, I want to finish up reading that passage because what I've been talking about all along puts a lot of responsibility on us to analyze our own thoughts and to think about things and to behave right, but that's going to fail. Okay? We need to look at what the scripture says. In verse 16, from the end of verse 16 forward, it says this. Who is sufficient for these things? Paul knows. He's, he's on a fool's errand trying to do this himself. He can't do that. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many peddlers of God, God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in sight of God, we speak in Christ. So who is sufficient for these things? He can't do that. When I said James is annoying, that was my flesh saying, who can do that? You big dummy, why are you making me do that, right? That's, that's how it is. No one's sufficient for that. It's only through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit living in anybody that they can do that. Um, 
doomsday situations produce doomsday feelings, really, truly, right? It, it's, that's legit. So the only way to carry on is for Christ, for us to know we have victory in him and to be able to move forward. So it, it's not natural, right? You don't do that. You don't live that way. But with, God, with God's help, as Paul does, we can speak from Christ, okay? And with that, that's our victory in this, the, the ability to, to be um, powered by Christ, to live for him, and to speak his words. That's the victory we have in these down situations. We can't do this on our own. And Paul wants the Corinthians to know where he gets that attitude from. He doesn't want them to just think he's uh, you know, marshalling the troops mentally and going for it, and it's great. He wants them to know that uh, this attitude I have is real, and it will endure beyond the hard times. He references the, the peddlers of God's word. He uses that. And apparently that wasn't just a throwaway word. It was a term used in that day uh, to reference um, like what we might call snake oil salesmen or charlatans, people who were just in it for the money and trying to play games and, and just say whatever people wanted to hear. And he's he's uh, contrasting that with the Christian message of um, a man of sincerity. Okay? And Sean referenced the word sincere a couple weeks ago and, and talked about its definition, uh, like being tested by the sun. And I want to talk about that a little more because the, the roots of this word, the actually Latin words that are roots of this word, have made a huge impact on my life as a Christian, my Christian walks. So I want to share that with you. Um, he talked about it in its larger meaning, about how they would hold the pottery up to the sun and see the flaws and cracks and whatnot. 100% true, right? But the, the actual roots, there's two Latin words, sinna and sere. Sinna, sere. That's where it comes from. Sinna means without, sere means wax. Without wax is what that word truly means at its root. And the purpose was those dishonest potters that, that were selling the cracked, the cracked goods, they would melt wax and rub it into the cracks and then cover it up pretty and nice so it looked like it was okay. And then when you held it up to the sun, or if you were, well, let me back up, they put the wax in there, right? And then if you used it for anything warm, the wax would melt and you got no pottery left. Things falls apart or the water leaks out or whatever. That was their game, okay? So the smart buyer would hold it up to the sun like Sean was referring to and you could see through the wax. You see what they were doing. So that, that's where that comes from. And for me, that's been a huge uh, call to be sincere, to be without wax, to not fake and hide things, okay? As Christians, we should be without cracks. Should be, but let's be real, we all got them, right? There's problems, there's issues, okay? So the thing is, to be sincere is to not cover over those cracks, to be real about it. So the, the overall sense of this is if we're gonna be that aroma of Christ to people, we need to be real about it. We need to let people know, yeah, this stinks for me too, but here's how I move forward. Not just, oh, it's great, it's not a problem, because it is a problem. We don't like it either, but we're gonna move forward in Christ, okay? Uh, we need to not be peddlers, we need to be people of sincerity in that. And don't put on a mask, don't act like it's not hurting you too, but get through the hurt is the idea, okay? That, that's, that's important, so I, I've, I, I really don't ever wanna put on a mask for people, it's not, not, not something that's healthy. So I, I really have taken root of that, or taken heart that sincere idea of what being without wax. And I want to share that with you guys because it's vital in this. If, if you're an aroma that's fake, that's a stink, right? You don't want to have a stink on people. You want to be an aroma of Christ in a way that uh, is beneficial to them. That's my point. So I want to leave us with one last thought about our victory in, in these struggles. That king in the movie didn't know if they would win. In fact, he, he expected to lose. That was a losing battle he was fighting. We know better in our case, we win. But when, when people say that, when, when people share that idea, most people's minds go to like the final victory that I referred to earlier, Christ coming back, 
going on to eternity of, of, of uh, no pain, no suffering, and all that. That's not what this is talking about, I don't think. And by the way, as I referenced earlier, I'm waiting for that day too. I want, I want to be there, okay? So that's not, that's not to disparage that at all. But I don't think that's the point here. Our victory, the triumphal victory we're walking in, is in these struggles of life, not in the, the final end. And that final end may encourage you to get there. That's certainly a, a good thing to think through that way. But um, I'm saying I think we can have victories in these things now, in these struggles now. And that's not to say everything's going to come out the way you want it to, or everything's going to make you happy, but we can have victory over those feelings of uneasy spirits and disappointment um, by looking at it the right way, by looking at it from God's perspective, that we're here for a purpose, that God's going to help us be a blessing to people around us. All those things that I was referring to earlier, you can, you can see those as ways to, to get through these struggles and to have victory, to be um, that positive on purpose person that will help the people around you um, with their own struggles. We help each other through that. Um, I want to leave you with one last thing that Jesus said to his disciples, effectively his last words to them. And if they're good enough for him, they're good enough for me. Okay, This is from the, uh, if you read in, at the end of John, from like 14 to 17, is one long conversation Jesus had with the disciples, and it finishes up with a prayer for them, and effectively for us, if you read that. He prays for us, the people who will follow. So in this conversation, the last thing Jesus said before he prayed and they left was this, in John 16, 13, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm sorry, 16, 33, John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Lord, life is hard. We know that. We will have tribulation and trouble, tribulation, hard times. But Father, we thank you that you're there for us in those times. We never know exactly how they're going to work out, but we trust you. And we pray that as we look at these things, we can see that uh, our purpose is to share Christ with those who don't know him so that they can come to him and be saved. Lord, be saved from their sins. Turn away from their sinful attitude, and be able to uh, fall before you as repentant and, and needing your salvation. Lord, help us to do that. For those of us who are there, Lord, who already have made that turn in life, we pray that you would help us to look on you and see the goal, see the end prize, and know that these little things are going to pass away, but in the middle of them, you'll be with us. You won't let us be in distress or despair for too long, but that you're always there to take us out and that we can share that with others. Pray that we be a blessing to each other as we go, and Lord, that you would uh, help us to follow you in each and every step. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So hopefully that was something that can encourage you or you can use to encourage, encourage others. Um, we're, uh, we're all done. This is awkward for us here, not having music at the end. I still don't know how to finish things. Sean does a much better job than I do. So I'll just say have a great week and you're dismissed. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Visit us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or online at riveralbany.com.